Trevor, it's Avery, it's Pat, it's the Citywide Special. The Sixers' search for a new head coach continues. Nick Nurtz has emerged as a top candidate for the position, while Jersey native Frank Vogel has also reportedly interviewed with the team. Meanwhile, Doc Rivers has been named as a finalist for the Phoenix Suns. James Harden's future remains uncertain, as it's been reported that the free agent is seeking a four-year deal worth $200 million. Is there still a chance to run it back, or will the Sixers be looking elsewhere? The Phillies avoid a sweep from the Diamondbacks with a come-from-behind win in extra innings Wednesday afternoon. The struggling Trey Turner hits a game-tying home run in the ninth inning, while Alec Bohm walks it off in the 10th. Could the Phillies' all-star shortstop finally be ready to come out of his slump? Can the team turn things around and still compete for the division? Or have they dug themselves too big of a hole? The Eagles are set to begin OTAs next week. What can we expect from the retooled roster? Are the Birds' draft acquisitions ready to step into big roles? What are our predictions for the season? All that and more coming up right now. How's it going, fellas? Pretty good. Can't complain. It's been nice and 80 so far this week. Getting ready for the big Memorial Day weekend. Closing up work. Starting a new job next week. So feeling, feeling pretty good. Woo, congrats, man. Congrats <laughs> on the new job. Well-deserved, well-earned. Uh, as for me, I can't complain too much. Would be much better if, uh, you know, the Sixers were still playing basketball. <laughs> but we had our Sixers pod last week. It's time to move on to bigger and better things and catch up on some fills some Eagles, and some general Italian market festival recaps. So, all in all, life's good. Yep, not too bad, not too bad. Italian market fest, always a good time. Um, did want to start with a couple couple Sixers things. We don't have to spend too much time. Oh, but I'm <laughs> it's, I'm, it's, still, it's, still, it's still too fresh in my mind. But I guess the, the, the first thing is just the fact that... Um, the way that this Celtics Heat series has gone, uh, the Heat have been killing it. They go up 3-0. Uh, the Celtics force uh, a game five last night. But uh, does this have you guys feeling any differently about it? Because, I mean, I, you know, after our series was done, my my whole mindset was like, well, you know, we took one of the be- they took arguably the best team in the league to seven games. And, uh, you know, thinking about evaluating the team with that in mind but the way, the way this has gone i feel like all of all of my notions about that have just been completely thrown in a disarray and i don't know what to think anymore yeah i mean i don't feel any less about the sixers about losing to boston i think that miami's just proven that they were uh, a far underrated team i think that for them to to beat the bucks kind of took the world by surprise but you have to figure they have the best coach currently in the nba right now Obviously, the best, if not the best, one of the best NBA playoff performers of all time. So, between those two factors and a bunch of guys just going on heaters at the right time, I don't think any less of the Sixers. I would say I probably think more of Miami. And for what it's worth, I think that if we had won Game 6 and we could advance to play Miami, or if we'd won Game 7, either way, if we had advanced to play Miami, they probably would have smoked us the, the level that they're playing at right now. I could I agree with that. I think that obviously we would wish we were playing Miami at the same time. Miami scared me going into the playoffs mm-hmm. just because I feel like historically, again, if it's not Boston, give us a hard time. The Heat kind of aren't necessarily an easy team to play in the Heat uh, in the playoffs. They're a well-equipped team. 
they're a great organization, sound organization, you know, top to bottom. So I think that they have all those years of experience of that winning culture. Even Shaq always talks about like the Heat. They have hashtag a, Heat culture. Yeah, culture, they have yeah. that. They have that mentality. And I think that we, it kind of shows again the lack of you can't go in the playoffs without an identity. And I think Boston relied on just their shooters, and every time you get them flustered. They have big losses. You know, they got they they have a pretty bad record at home in the playoffs right now. Which is crazy. Which yeah. is absurd. Yeah. But the Heat, they got that culture. They're ready to roll. Like they know that they don't fuck around in the playoffs. And had we snuck out that seventh game, even game six, maybe had a day off and had to play the Heat, we'd have got smoked. I mean, that energy they came up with, I can't imagine Embiid running floor to floor. You know, I can't I can't see this team beating the Heat the way they're playing right now. Yeah, I think the what you're seeing from the Heat kind of goes to show how nice it is to have a, a consistent, you know, like a consistent culture about the exactly. team. Exactly. They've had the same head coach for what 15 years, something yes, like that. And Pat Riley's uh, Pat the GM. Riley's been he the Pat coach time. for, for they've had, 20 years before then. Yeah, yeah, they've had a ton of stability there. Which the Sixers is the complete opposite. It's just been a revolving door of different GMs, different coaches, different owners. I mean, um, you know. That kind of consistently definitely definitely starts to go a long way. They yeah. also have that eye for talent too. I mean, look at that roster. A lot of those guys are undrafted. Seven undrafted players. Yeah, I mean, it's insane. Yeah, it's, and yeah. they play. Caleb Martin's been killing it. They play like they, not like I feel like sometimes you see teams go in there. They're like, yeah, we we deserve to be here. They play like they have to earn their right to be in the playoffs every game. Yeah, and this you know they had that little hiccup last night, but you know, bosses. Obviously, would have loved to see a sweep, but at the same time, like Boston's still good, so they can catch fire and be good and, and win games in the playoffs. But the Heat play like they're earning their right. Butler has had a pretty up and down NBA career, you know, always getting like pushed it aside. No one believes in him, this and that. So he fits in that mold where like, you know, he's got that intensity. But it's just they're fun to watch, and I feel like the Sixers were getting to be more stressful to watch. <laughs> where it's nice to be able yeah. to watch a game and be like, damn, like the Heat look fucking good. It's nice to see a great team play good basketball in the playoffs when it matters. Yeah, yeah. There's such a stark contrast between watching the Heat play where we talked about the last episode, the Sixers will just drive you crazy with mm-hmm. Harden dribbling the ball, the air out of the ball for 19 <laughs> seconds, then giving it to Embiid for three seconds for an ISO and either a kick out for an emergency three or just a, a turnover. Whereas with Miami... You watch these guys, they move with pace. Even Kyle Lowry, who's damn near 40, yep. pushing the ball up the court, running a quick pick and roll, Shout out getting his team a quick shot. Shout out to Philly, North Philly zone. But, uh, yeah, Miami, everything they do offensively is done with purpose and just with the, the pace that you kind of need to play a team like Boston. And uh, it's just been fascinating to watch them, just the way that these guys cut off of screens the way that they cut off of pin downs and get open for each other and it's it's beautiful it's been fun to watch and it's also made watching the Sixers to your point feel more stressful and more frustrating and uh <laughs> we'll talk about the coaching situation but I do hope that a new coach kind of brings some vigor and some life to what has been a dead Sixers offense yeah speaking of new coach uh Nick Nurse's name has come up a lot we we talked about him quite a bit uh Last pod, the uh, the Brendan Fraser of the NBA, if you will. <laughs> Shout out to Yeah, but uh, it does seem like he's sort of becoming uh, the preferred guy. I don't know if the if the team feels that way, but I feel like 
who are hearing the most noise around him. But they they might be. It sounds like they're going to be facing some. If they really want him, they're going to be facing some competition from, you know, say the Bucks or the Suns. Um, I don't know if they're ready to, you know, shell out a deal for him and blow other offers away. If, do they really want him that bad? Uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? So what I kind of see happening is I've talked about this at length last week, but uh, Nick Nurse is a defensive coach, really creative, really great, whips out the box on one, whips out a full-court press, will randomly bring out a full-court trap to just mess with the, the team's offensive flow. I think that defensively he's a mastermind, and I think that if you pair him with a really strong offensive assistant, good things are going to happen for you. I do think that the Sixers are still kind of married to, to the, the Mike D'Antoni thing, especially if you get Harden back, which we'll also talk about. I could see them being like, okay, let's run it back with the the 2018 Rockets. We got the coach. We got the point guard. Mm-hmm. We got P.J. Tucker. We got Dan House, the GM. Why don't we get D'Antoni on board as an offensive assistant on Nick Nurse's staff? I'd be intrigued to see it. I think I mentioned D'Antoni's age kind of scares me as far as him as a head coach. But as an assistant or as associate head coach with Nick Nurse as the, the head coach, I could be convinced. I mean, with D'Antoni's age, I feel as though this team is, if it was a younger team that needs to get coached a lot, I think that you would want a more younger, vibrant coach. But this team really, you know, if they can get Harden back, they have the pieces that have all have between their experience their, their ability to play. I don't think you need to have a coach that has to be super hands-on, more of just a good facilitator of coaching as opposed to being like, all right, like, you know, super nitty-gritty with everything. Um, but it's, I don't know. I, I've still, I've tried to think about that even after the last pod, and I have no North Star in who I really truly want to be the coach because it, it could go so many ways. And with the way the roster's shaking out, with free agents coming off the board for us and stuff like that, like you don't even know what team this guy's gonna walk into. So it's like the chicken or the egg again. Like what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think they can afford to wait till free agency to figure out the coaching situation. I think that they'll they'll obviously figure it out before then. But if they don't hire D'Antoni as a head coach, they're gonna keep him in their back pocket mm-hmm. as some sort of associate or assistant. Yeah, what do you what do you think about the the Frank Vogel news? Wildwood Zone, man. Yeah, Wildwood Crest, baby. Love those Wildwood days. He's uh he he, show, he could show up to training camp with a bunch of weird T-shirts for everybody. Sell them in the parking lot. A bunch of airbrush T-shirts. Oh, yeah, no. yeah. Some of those Wildwood Boardwalk T-shirts are absolutely insufferable. But uh, <laughs> be funny to see some Sixers players wearing them. That's for damn sure. Um, Yo, shout out, uh, Trevor. You remember Dan Gunning? We went to high school with him. Yeah, yeah. He may or may not listen to the pod, but uh, he's Frank Vogel's nephew. Yeah, yeah. I kind of remember that. Yeah. Yeah, So uh, for him and his family, that would be cool. He scores some some nice tickets, man. Yeah, I'd go to a game (laughs) with Dan Gunning. (laughs) Yeah, that could sway my opinion on this very heavily if if that's (laughs) the case. But uh, as far as Frank Vogel goes, kind of the same thing. A very good, very strong defensive coach. Certainly not as creative as Nick Nurse. I don't think many people are, but gets a lot out of his teams defensively. He had some of those Pacers teams in the the mid twenty tens with like I don't even know Roy Hibbert, um, Lance Stevenson, some of these guys. Granted, Roy Hibbert was a decent defensive player, but 
Vogel got a lot out of those teams that really had no business being halfway decent. And um, I would love to see him from a defensive perspective. I just think offensively, you're going to need to have some sort of veteran offensive coach. I think a defensive-minded coach wouldn't necessarily be bad. I mean, you have the team can get hot in the right mode. But I think defensively, we saw that was their biggest hiccup in the playoffs and even throughout the regular season where they would just, you know, I don't like seeing guys taking uncontested threes, even if they're bad yeah, at shooting threes and shit. Like, some work for sure. Yeah, you got to get a little aggressive here and there. And I think that that mindset of a coach, no matter who it is coming in, would definitely be a positive light and something of a breath of fresh air. Like we, There's so many things that could be a breath of fresh air on this team with a new head coach, but I think a defensive-minded would be nice to see them be more aggressive you know, get more turnovers, give give them more contested shots. Shit like that would be would just be nice to see, especially from a Philadelphia team. Like that's what we're this whole culture is based off of is a gritty team, and I think our defense has been pretty soft the last couple of years. But then my question is, is what do you do from an offensive perspective? Because you know we've all agreed that the offense just has been stagnant. There's no pace. They run. They don't even run plays. They just run isos and hope a pick and roll works once in a while. If you do hire a defensive coach, what do you do to address the offensive issues? I mean, Harden said that he wants to play for a team that he can be his own self uh, and play his own yeah. game. So uh, that's the problem. Let him, let him cook. I'm just saying, if, uh, if you get uh, if you get D'Antoni <laughs> back, you're going to have the same step back Harden, you know, hitting 30, maybe See, I don't think he would like, if you have him be too, though. I don't think he would allow the – I think D'Antoni – It's defensive-minded coach, and you got a guy that's just going to let him – you got to trust in the, the thing is, is that this team could get you to the playoffs, right? With this roster, if you get Harden back. So if you work on the defense, at least to shut some teams down a little bit easier and let the Sixers cook in the regular season to figure out their offensive identity, you might be okay. But you're giving it up a lot to the players to decide how they want to run their offense in, in a way. Not fully, but. Yeah. So came out, uh, not surprising. Pretty much everyone expected this to be the the thing, but Harden's looking for four years, two hundred million. I feel like all this news that comes out about Harden, it's like there's all these tidbits coming out, and people make a big deal, but it's everything that we totally expected. It's like, oh, he opted out of his contract. Like, oh shit! It's like everyone knew he was opting out of the yeah, contract. Yeah, this guy is blue. Yeah, he's asking for a max deal. Yeah, no shit, he's asking for a max deal. But um, yeah, I mean, do you guys think that Maury's willing to give that to him? Is he a? Does do you think he sees Harden as the two hundred million dollar man at this point in his career? Hell no. I mean, I think that, <laughs> and you know, I get it. He's a phenomenal athlete and things like that. I think that the max contract shit at this stage in his life is not warranted from any team. And the only team I think it would make sense for him to get that kind of money from in that deal would be Houston, only because you know. He had his whole career there. That's like, you know, their favorite son. I get it. You know, they could, they're not really doing anything as a franchise right now anyway. I mean, they're whatever they are. Um, so that would make sense. I think it would be a tremendous waste of money and a kind of, you know, cinder block tied to the ankles, jumping off the Ben Franklin Bridge <laughs> for the Sixers organization. I mean, you got Max. He's going to get paid soon. Yeah. You can't be getting locked up with his old man. I mean, I get it. He, he has every now and then a 40-point game here and there. Did phenomenal in the playoffs against Boston. Two two out of seven. Yeah, anyway. which ain't bad, yeah. you know. But like two hundred million dollars, you better be playing more than just two game wins. Like you got to be doing that shit a lot. 
And I think that the Sixers are not in a position to do that. They could get him back. But I think Houston would be the safest bet for for him to get a max a max deal. Yeah, I think uh, I would hope Daryl Morey has enough sense not to give him four years, $200 million, A, because he's an aging player. He's turns, what, 34 in a, in a couple months. And clearly we can see that the guy's on the decline. Just... Uh, doesn't have the burst to get by, guys. So many games in the playoffs in the Nets series and the Celtics series where he either couldn't make a layup or refused to take them just because he didn't have the burst to really get it up to the rim. And he's not getting any younger, man. So yeah. He's not this, LeBron. I mean, LeBron still takes that shit to the rack with yeah, force. I, yeah. mean, I mean, Harden's never taking care of his body the same way that LeBron does. So We're just hoping he doesn't put on weight in the offseason. We're like, LeBron, you're just like, all right, he'll be back. You're good to go. Mm-hmm. Harden doesn't warrant that at all. I mean, he, I don't know. When you joke about a guy being overweight in the NBA, you think about Yang. You don't want to think about the guy that's costing you $200 million and a former MVP yeah. at 34 years old. Yeah, I think the other thing that needs to be taken into account is this new CBA. It's going to make it really hard for teams to have more than two max contract players. Pat, as you mentioned, they're going to have to give Maxi, if not a max, very close to it. Obviously, Embiid's worth the max for as long as he's a sixer. So then if you're committing a third max to someone that's clearly on the decline that you don't really know what he's going to be in a year or two, there there's better ways to spend the money. Certainly, if he walks, you're, you're left filling a big hole. But as Maury said, then you get creative. And uh, I have every reason to believe that Maury will find a way to get off Tobias's contract if that is the case and you don't. You can't bring Harden back on like a one or two year deal with a player option for the second year. Well, here's how here's how I think uh, Morey can get creative. He instead of offering the max deal in dollars, he tries to offload some of his d- depressed crypto assets. <laughs> you know, he's, he's, he goes one up. Day this will come he goes back. up to yeah. He goes up to uh, to James. And be like, look, James. You know, we love you. We want you back. We don't really have the cap flexibility to give you 50 mil, but what if I could offer you something even more valuable than U.S. dollars? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's trying to, he's, he's offers James, uh, you know, we're going to give you the third year option is going to be all in Dogecoin. <laughs> we're going to have, uh, yeah, you're going to have, uh, uh, we're going to give you Ethereum and uh, two, two board apes every year. He's going to just be giving him, he's going to be trying to give him all of his apes. It's a good idea. Hey man, if there's anyone that you could do that to, it would be Harden because you know how he like doesn't, he doesn't have the internet or whatever. Like, you remember that story about, uh, uh, this was like a few years ago where Harden had that picture on like Instagram or whatever, where he's wearing the, uh, the Punisher mask. Do you remember that? Oh, Vaguely. And, and people were freaking out about it. And one of his teammates was like, no, nah, you don't understand. James doesn't have the internet. He doesn't know what it is. <laughs> so oh, yeah, I remember so if, there's anyone, if there's anyone that you can uh, pawn off all of your, uh, you know, d- d- uh, you know, worthless crypto <laughs> on, it'd be, it'd be James Harden. <laughs> James Harden all of a sudden starts appearing in all those like crypto ads that uh, Tom Brady <laughs> used to be in. Like he's an all, he's like the spokesperson now. Dude, I see one flaw After with they that. All get- 
sued. Is Harden can't go to the strip club and throw Dogecoin around, man. Right. He, he can't be yeah, dropping Doge on strippers. You know what I'm saying? He's just, he's just like, he's just he's, like, he just the, holds up his phone. Yeah, he's, he's like, at the, he's me, at the club. It'll pay with, off in one day. Here, yeah, I'll make it yeah. rain in Doge. Yeah. yeah, he's at the, he's at the club whipping his phone out, showing everyone his his eight pictures. <laughs> he's like, look, this is this is worth ten million dollars. <laughs> This like, gotta get me something. Yeah, I just think that all leads kind of all roads lead back to Houston. I mean, he could go play for a contender. He kind of was with a contender with us. I don't Houston th- could be good by the end of that contract if it's a four year deal. I think they will be. I, I, and I think honestly, for him in ter- terms of his career, like if he goes back to Houston now, that to me is him hanging up his cleats, being like, "All right, I'm gonna go out and play the glory, like get my big fat paycheck, play my four years out of this or whatever, and call it a day." I feel like if he really means that he wants to play for somebody and win, you can't also in that same sentence say, but I want a max contract. Like You need to just yeah, yeah. know your worth, know where you're at in your life. If you really want to ring, go make a super team out with the Western Conference. Go make a super team you somewhere else. You could go to else. Phoenix. That's, that's also been a do, rumored destination. Do something fun like that, but you're not – It's. I think this is all just like sports media again. Like, oh, this is it. Like, Philly's going to – no, we're not. I, it, it would not make sense. If they want to continue to build this team out to give a max contract. So we got to wrap up on the Sixers, but real quick, uh, funniest destination for Doc Rivers, what do you guys think? Uh, two. I have the Celtics, just because obviously we That's know mine, yeah. he was there. <laughs> but also the Pistons, just because they're pretty goddamn bad. And yeah, they they will get better because they have young players. But to watch Doc just lose his mind coaching a team that he only has young players to play, and we all know oh, he has yeah. disdain for that. It would be so funny. He just, just forces watching the GM to get all these guys off the scrap heap. <laughs> he, he all would, the DeAndre Jordans, he, you can get them. Yeah, he would justify a lineup with DeAndre Jordan. Uh, what's this guy's name? Rodney Magruder. I think he's still on Detroit. Um, and whoever the hell else. Uh, what's this guy's name? He used to be on the Sixers. Uh, the Heat send name. him Haslam. Yeah, yeah. Doc would just play whoever. For, for, yeah, for a locker room presence. Yeah, I think the Celtics is the easy one, but seeing Doc coach the Pistons would be hilarious. Oh, Alec Burks. He'd play, oh, be yeah. playing Alec Burks in Detroit's <laughs> lineup. But yeah, th- those are my two, with uh, the Pistons being probably equally as funny as Boston. So I guess we can talk about the Phillies real quick. Uh, been pretty bad lately. They uh, kind of have a little uh, a little spark of goodness today with that walk off win and extra innings, but uh, how concerned are you guys about about the fightings? I think this is pretty much what we expected them to be. I mean, taking the bankroll out of consideration. I mean, I'm concerned in that sense. I'm not concerned in the other sense. So I got two takes here. The one is like if the Phillies have been doing this the last four years, where like they. They flirt with 500 for the first couple of months of the season. June hits, they get a little hot. Now they're only down by like, you know, behind. They still don't get ahead. They're still behind like one or two games. And then July hits, they're like, oh man, they're like still down two or three. So this is what they do. They're going to end up having a decent season and somehow with this roster sneaking into the playoffs, even though it should be a shoe into the playoffs. Like that's what's going to happen. My big concern though is that too many superstars on this team is what it's showing me. I mean, it seems as though everybody's just expecting the next guy to be the guy to hit the home run to win the game. And, like, between Trey, Harper, Schwarber, Castellanos, 
even bomb when he was hot for a little bit. Everyone's just waiting to see, like, all right, well, I'm going to have a bad day. It's almost like they predetermined I'm going to play like shit. Like, Turner's out here swinging at every first pitch or just not making great contact with the ball. And he's like, well, Harper's back. Like, I'll just let him ride. And then Harper actually tries, has a bad game, they lose. Like, there's no, there's no rhythm. They keep changing up the fucking lineup. I mean, at this point, I'm ready to put Trey Turner at the seventh spot. Fuck it. He hasn't earned a top spot. So I'm concerned in that way where I feel like it's too much of like a dream team type of build, which is starting to get that sense in my mind. And I don't know. It's just, it's unfortunate to watch. Dude, so before I get to to how I'm feeling, I will say, I think to your point, they do miss Reese Hoskins. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we talked about that a bunch before the season that we thought they were going to miss him not so much for his offensive presence, but just as connective, like a connective tissue. For the rest of the team and really to make the lineup go. Um, because you think about it, the Phillies, they don't have a problem as far as, like, you know, getting hits and hitting home runs. Like, they're, they're able to drive runs in. What they're really missing is having someone on base constantly that, you know, instead of Schwarber's solo home runs being solo home runs, it's a two-run shot. Right. It's a three-run shot. Instead of losing 5-4, you're winning 6-5, 7-5. And they- I think... Hoskins, never a superstar, but came up through the organization and really understands the city, the culture, and was kind of just that piece that I think that they're missing offensively that kind of helps the superstars put up superstar-type yeah, numbers. the glue, you know? Yeah. Definitely. I mean, they. I mean, last night's game, they had two innings where they had bases loaded, two outs. You couldn't get a single fucking run in. You can't get a little thinker in there. Like, they're just not... Hoskins would work a walk right. in that situation. You have you know so I mean? much talent. Yeah. The, the frustrating part is that like it's not like they're they're playing like a very shitty team right now, but the roster says that they're a top five team in the league. They just don't know how to connect the fucking pieces, which is very frustrating to watch, especially in baseball because you're like watching this shit for thankfully only two and a half hours now because of the pitch count. But like, damn, it's just brutal to watch. Yeah, yeah, it, it's not great. Um, but I'll say here. That's so what I got written down in my notes. I, I'd be keeping notes now. But uh, <laughs> this, the Phillies started last year 22-29. and 29, And obviously we know how last year went. So there's still time for them to turn it around. Um, I don't think that they're going to fire Rob Thompson I to, to spark move. things the yeah. same way that they fired Joe Girardi this time last year. But uh, with that being said, the division isn't great. We were talking about this off air before we mm-hmm. started. And even the National League isn't great. I mean, damn, the Pirates were in first place for a while. Right. So there's still plenty of time for the Phillies to turn it around. I think that it could happen, as uh, the great Charlie Manuel used to always call it. It's it it's hitting season. This is a very poor Charlie Manuel impersonation. It's coming up. But uh, <laughs> hey, man, it's time to hit. Calendar's about to turn to June. We'll be there at the ballpark streaming. Everybody hits. Woohoo! <laughs> and uh, the bats will start to rake. I think that uh, some of the guys we talked about earlier in the year, Wet Brandon, Stott, um, Boom, mm-hmm. they've kind of cooled off a little bit, but have every reason to believe it as the weather heats up. Some of those deep fly balls will become doubles off the wall, they'll become home runs. Schwarber always crushes it in June. True. He's going to turn it around pretty soon. And uh, Harper's still working his way back from this Tommy John. Yeah, and he's so, looked good so far. Yeah, Harper. yeah, he he's been fine. I think 
His numbers with runners in scoring position have left a little bit desired, but the whole team's kind of been that way. But, hey, man, they're going to start hitting. It's hitting season. Uh, you saw a little bit of that today. I mean, there's I'm not writing the season off at all. It's just you would expect them to come in a little bit hotter. Trey Turner, I think, is the biggest piece for me that's kind of upsetting where it's like, man, he had a great day today. No knock about it. Had that little two-run shot, which is great to see. Yeah, salvaged his day. I mean, he was going an over. Yeah. But what I'll say is he had that one ball he hit, I think his first at bat. He scorched it at the right fielder. He had the other one that bounced off the, mm-hmm. the fielder's glove into another guy's glove. He, Which is should, like, have hit, f- he should have locked into at least a, another hit or two. There's an element of unluckiness that we're definitely running into where shit's just not falling our way. But it is early in the season, and I get that. And I don't think, Rob, I don't think Topper needs to get let go at all. I feel like when Girardi got fired last year, it was a lot of mismanagement. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. Girardi just lost Yeah, yeah, I, was, yeah. I wasn't saying that no, they no, were no. going to fire him. I was just using that as an example. I'm not saying you are, but I think that if anybody is thinking that right now, that like it, no one could coach this. Like, the talent is right there. The players just aren't playing to their standard right now. Mm-hmm. Like, the, you know, Ralph put them in a great position to win games and, and play, but, like, you shouldn't have to be playing musical chairs with the lineup when you have guys that are literally Trey Turner, Schwarber, Harper, Castellanos. Like, th- these guys are, they're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. And you also have the starting rotations really been underperforming. Big time. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not not that concerned about it. I mean, maybe I should be. I don't know. But, I, I you know, I, I don't believe that Wheeler is going to be the shaky all year. I don't think, no, you know. Nola had a great game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. I mean, those guys eventually come around. Rangers looked pretty bad since he's come back, but he's still coming back. He's only had what, I guess, his, was his third start. Uh, yeah. He'll yeah. be all right. So, yeah, I think it's time okay. to almost. I'm not gonna lie. I'm done bringing in all these like washed up dudes from other teams. Like we got the guy from the Cubs over here that like they cut, and we brought him in to be a starter. Uh, oh, the Covey. Yeah. For, uh, was he on the White Sox or the or, Cubs? He's on one of the Chicago teams. Some Chicago. I think he's on the White Sox, but yeah, Chicago. Well, like, yeah. You got all these young bucks that we keep hearing about, like oh they're killing it in fucking you know minor leagues, and that's you know it's at this point two years in a row now these young guys down there bring them up. Bring them up for a game or two. But, like, what's the point of having these young guys down there until they're, like, 32? Then you bring them up. Now they're all old and washed up. Like, let's bring up these young... It wouldn't hurt anything. Yeah, I know that, uh... What do you call it? Uh, Andrew Painter's still... I think he's still working his way back yeah, from injury. Yeah, I think he started throwing at least, but he's still a little ways away. I th- he'll be up, I think, before season's end for sure. Yeah, has to be. Um, I hope so. I fucking have a bet on him if he win Rookie of the Year. So. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't look <laughs> have to come think, back and be like, I don't know if it's happening, but <laughs> yeah, you it was might great. To, you was might great odds, cash that out right now. <laughs> no, I don't think it'd be. I don't know if they're offering me much of a cash out on that. Might be better than losing the money altogether. But uh, yeah, I think they they've got those arms down there. Um, Painter was injured. The other guy, Mick Abel, I just don't think that they feel he's ready. The one that's most ready is Griff McGarry, and he's not. He doesn't profile for an ace the same way that Painter does, Painter does, or that Nolan Wheeler are right now. But we don't need an ace, but they're averaging five yeah. runs a game anyway. So fuck it. Like who cares if they can give it below five? We're good to go. Yeah, yeah. I think to your point, yes, he's he'd be better than starts, a, as they say. a Taiwan Walker who, before his last start, had been pretty ass all mm-hmm. season. But, yeah, I think as far as the pitching goes, pitching across the league is kind of just down. 
We were talking about this earlier too, but I think things such as the elimination of the shift and um, the pitch clock yeah. have kind of neutralized the advantage that pitchers had in a lot of ways. So I think to a degree, some of the concerns about the Phillies pitching staff are maybe a little overblown. But with that said, when Alvarado went down a couple weeks ago, we said that that's the MVP if not of the bullpen of the entire team, they they definitely miss him. Oh yeah, in the back of that bullpen, the bullpen's been yeah. fine. Don't get me wrong, but having him back there allows you to move everyone up an inning or two, and it really just shortens the game and puts less of a burden on your starters. Yeah, at least Al- Alvarado's still uh, bringing the vibes in the dugout with the uh, the towel. Oh, he's chickens. the man, dude. <laughs> you see that? Yeah, Alvarado's the man. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, he's he's awesome. Uh, I guess uh, anything else about the Phils? Or should we? Uh... I mean the the pitch the pitch clock too. I think goes hand in hand with also batters as well, right? Like I feel like they're all thrown off their rhythm. So yeah, it, it I does... think Harper got dinged for that today. Yeah, there were a couple times this series where you would, they would gain a strike or a ball, yeah. whatever it is. I mean, it like... seems like everyone's still figuring out, including mm-hmm. the umpires. Yeah, <laughs> no one really. No, seems the umpires to still have a grasp awful. on it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know uh, today at some point. Uh, you know, Kimbrel got uh, like a warning or something because he didn't let the batter get set or something, and it's just like nobody. Yeah. Like on the one hand, you're telling you're telling the pitchers you only have this much time to throw the ball, but yeah, they also have to like wait until the batter's ready, and it's like very confusing. Man, you can't like you can't have it both ways, man. Like you yeah. want you want me to throw the fucking ball or not? Right. You know. And when it hits June, it's 95 degrees out in Philadelphia. You're sweating your balls off. That clock gets a little bit more. Elongated, you're, you know what I mean? Come yeah, I'm worrying about half a second here and there if he's in the box, out of the box, if the batter's ready. Like, come on now, do I hang my arm out still? But yeah, yeah, you wonder if that's what that's going to be like once it starts getting really hot out. If um, that pitch class can start wearing pitchers down earlier, oh, it definitely will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think umps will also be quicker to just let things slide so that they, they can get off the field for a little bit and get some water and hydrate between innings. Yeah. So, should we move on to the birds? Yeah, schedule time, time, baby. Yeah, it's schedule we, time. Mm-hmm. So, Probably should have done this a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah, I mean, if it weren't for the the Sixers being in the playoffs, we probably would have. But uh, it's, officially, it's officially birds time. So, schedule, we're going to go through every game, all 17 of them, give our predictions. So... I guess let's start it off. Game one, week one. Preseason? It's like I'm kidding. Yeah, but, <laughs> but preseason. <laughs> preseason's not real. Yeah, we got to do joint practices too. Yeah, joint practices. <laughs> like, yeah, who's going to get uh, some good hits on the Browns or whoever we have joint practices? Week one, in. you got Tom Brady's little retirement party, whatever the fuck they want to do in, in Boston. That's yeah, an easy Tom dub Brady for day. me, I think. I think they're, I think they're going to uh, you know have a, a, a two-story uh, wicker statue of Tom Brady that they – Pull a child out of the crowd and put it beside <laughs> it, and then set it on fire. I think they're doing, doing something like that before the game. You know, <laughs> I would love to see Nick Foles show up for that game for the birds. That would be cool. <laughs> he just yeah. have him sit there on. He's the just on the sideline, just hanging yeah. out. His la- s- the last name isn't even isn't even Foles. It just says Big Dick Nick. I would love that <laughs> shit right there. I was gonna say I would love for. Uh, them to give Brady a chance on the field and for Brandon Graham just to sack his Light ass him up. one more just, time. Just run out there. Just, <laughs> just Brandon grab Graham, a ball out It's just hand. like they give Brady a chance to throw, like, I don't know, the whatever the equivalent of the first pitch is in <laughs> football. And then you just see Brandon Graham, Hey, Tom, I'm coming for that ass, Tom. And then just knock him on the ground. 
That's what you get, boy. Yeah. <laughs> the, th- throw Brady a pass down the sideline. So watch him miss one again. Malcolm Bring Jenkins. Malcolm Jenkins yeah. back. Yeah. Come, yeah. On, Come on, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, get incredible. the whole gang back. To, yeah, they should just they should just bring the whole uh, whoever's available. They should just bring everyone from that team back to just stand on the sideline as a Boo intimidation ass. move. <laughs> I think that's yeah, that's go- a win. It's gonna be a yeah, tough, I got that as a win. It's gonna be a tough win for sure because it's week one. They're gonna have all the hype there, but that's a win. Week two, you're at home, prime time. Kirk Cousins, come on now, that's a win for the birds also. Yeah, my man can't perform in prime time. Uh, week two last year. That was Jalen Hurts' first uh, first real showing as an MVP candidate. Tore that defense up. I don't think that their defense necessarily got any better. I think they so, lost. Uh, didn't Kendrick? Is he still yeah, there? Kend- I don't think Kendrick is there. I think he left. Yeah. Plus, then you also have to figure out, like, that was that game. We barely beat Detroit week one last year. That was a crazy game. We're like, we don't know how this team's going. They come Detroit home. Detroit was decent, though. And Minnesota lit it up first week. They're like, Minnesota's 1-0, best team in the NFL. Yeah. And we fucking... Tr- yeah. Housed them, so I, I, the Vikings, I think, are the and biggest we, and frauds we, in and, the NFL. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Last year, absolutely, they had so many, uh, you know, one possession wins. Mm-hmm. Um, they were fraud. Yeah, they had a totally negative fraudulent. point differential. Yeah, unbelievable. They're smoking bad dope doing that. And I think getting them early in, in the season is good again. Last year, uh, Slave was able to lock up. Justin Jefferson. Yeah. After a so, historical and, game, I mean, no knock on him that way. Yeah, but. Mm-hmm. and you see how like Slay kind of trailed off a little bit later in the season. So point. like getting mm-hmm. him against those top receivers early in the year yep. definitely plays to our hand. Um, yeah, primetime cousins. That's a, that's a cakewalk eh. right there. You like that? Yeah, you like, you that. like that? Yeah, he he can't handle the heat, man. No, we'll be two yeah. and zero. Well, that's that's an easy. Only game. I, yeah, only downside that game is a Thursday night, but it's a Thursday night for them too. And it's so. a Thursday night early in the year. You rather get that out of the way. Uh, exactly. Later. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Another reason why it's good to have that early. Tampa so, yeah, Bay. That's a W. Two we and got, so we're all so we're all two and zero. Two and zero. I feel that. Then you got what Baker Monday Mayfield. night. Yeah, Monday night against the Bucks. Come it's gonna be hot as hell in Tampa. Early September. Thank God we got all these fucking yeah. Georgia Bulldogs. It's a good thing it's a night game, game at least. Yeah. Thank God we got all these Bulldogs on defense though. They True. love the yeah, heat. Yeah, they used to the yeah. heat. Yeah, they eat the heat against Baker fucking Mayfield. Come on now. Yeah, who else does? Uh, does Tampa still have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin? They got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, think they he's coming anywhere. back. But like you know, it's Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have it as a win, but I think Granted, between the elements and them having two really good receivers. Elements, Hurts is from Texas. A.J. Brown played in, uh, what's it called? Hey, man, Ole I hear Miss. you, but if you're not used to playing in that Florida Heat. Baker it, definitely did look better on the Rams last year. after For he, that uh, one game? The, he had one good game. Yeah. I Come mean, on, it's still I'm Baker not, Mayfield. Hey, I'm, I, I'm not scared it's gonna of Baker It's going to be a Mayfield, win. But. It's also at night, too, which helps. Yeah, it's going to be a win. It's not a 1 o'clock game yeah. in Miami or in Tampa Bay. It's 7 o'clock, a little bit more balmy, you know. It'll be all right. I, For me, I'm, this is one of the more confident wins I have on the block because Tampa Bay without Tom Brady, even with Tom Brady last year, their defense is their only saving grace, and even their best defensive player wants out. Who? Devin White? Yeah. Devin, right, that's his name? Yeah. Yeah, linebacker. Yeah. I'm... So, like, you know. Tom Bowles, great coach, all that shit, but like their offense does not scare me whatsoever. Hmm. I think it'll be a closer game than we're sitting here talking about it being, but we're gonna win. We'll be three and zero. I'll guarantee that one right now. All right, three and zero, unanimous. Week four, 
The Washington Commanders. Did Josh Harris is Washington. Josh Commanders. Harris is Washington Commanders. Did that? Did that go home. through yet? I heard there were I some think complications. It's a, I, oh, really? I, I thought it was a, much. About I thought it was him. official, but maybe. I mean, it's probably just some bureaucratic shit that they got him. Yeah, out. some red tape nonsense. Yeah, I'm sure that's all fine. But at home, one o'clock. One o'clock. That'd be my birthday. That's a dub. That's a dub. That'd be my birthday game. That's a dub right there. Yeah, they're they're winning for your B day, man. Yeah. Five days early, but it'll be a win. They have no. Jalen Hurts is gonna come out and come out of the huddle like we're going in this one for Pat. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna say yeah, that's right. His family, season ticket holders. <laughs> yeah. But hope we didn't get kicked out this time. <laughs> I'm gonna say yeah, four zero confidently to start the season. I'm feeling good about it. Yeah, same. yeah, nothing really on the commander. Who even is their quarterback right now? Heineke. Is it still Heineke? Is, is that it, their start? Or is it their own with Howell? Yeah, Sam Howell. I think they're gonna have a QB competition between yeah. them two. I mean, so is that a competition thing work out? It, that's competition. I don't really know anything a, about that's Sam QB Howell. competition in the loosest of terms of the word competition. That's just. I mean, it, come on now. They just have, they just have to uh, watch out for their, uh, you know, killer strategy. The, the late game uh, kneel yeah, the, down. The game knee. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, you the sit mid, down and let someone knee. crush you. Yeah. So I think four knows a pretty easy. Yeah, start. That, that's an easy win. The Rams coming up. Rams. This I have. This as our first loss. What? Have I think you it's looked just at their roster? Yeah, I just think it's uh, sneaky. I don't know. I, it's just hard. Like I don't know. I'm just. Uh, they got no Jalen Ramsey. They have Aaron Donald, and that's and they got the ghost of Matthew Stafford. It depends on how Cooper Cup shows up, but again, their O line. Oh uh, yeah, I guess they have him too. But that's it. I mean, their O line ain't shit. Their run game also ain't shit. Yeah. They got Higby, who torched us the last time we played him, which I'll give him yeah. credit for that. We're a better team, for it sure. It depends on how... I think, damn, y'all are really talking the Rams up of all teams. I didn't say what I had yet as my prediction, but then okay. you also got... You don't know how uh, Matthew Stafford's going to come back. Who, I who, think he's washed. I have this he's as... washed. I still have it as a win for me in my book. That's an easy yeah. win. I have in my notes, they're going to be bad, capital B-A-D. I ain't scared of the Rams, <laughs> man. It is in LA, but yeah. LA doesn't. They don't have a home field advantage the same true. way, say Seattle does. When we get to Seattle, oh yeah. Um, so yeah, I think what's that week five? Yeah. We about to be five. Basically, and I just by thinking that I just feel like there's got to be at least one sort of sneaky, unexpected loss, and that's the one for me. Okay, fair. Got to be one in there. All right. So you have us four and one. Me and Pat have us five and zero. Oh. I uh, week uh, six against Aaron Rodgers Jets. See, I have this as a loss at New York. That defense was really good last year. If Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback he was for the Packers on this team with this defense and these weapons, I think the Jets are going to be sneaky good. I have this as a loss. I have this as a win. I think that... (laughs) It's. Pr- I mean, I get their defense is decent for sure. They showed some signs of life last year. At the at the same time, it's still the fucking Jets. Aaron Rodgers is a little bit older. He pretty much he's old. Has been more than a little older. Bitch about. Yeah. I want you to build an offense around me. We can win some games. Left Green Bay and then took their whole offense to the Jets. So 
I mean, yeah, you got Garrett Wilson as a great receiver, no doubt about it. Brees Hall will be back healthy for sure. Yeah, Michael Carter, they've got a good team. Their O-line's okay. I mean, yeah. they got a great GM with uh, Joe Douglas there. I've always liked him. Our but boy, I think yeah. Our defense is going to eat that team up, and I think that our offense is going to cook them, and I think that's a win for us. Yeah, I agree that I think the Jets are going to be good this year. Um, I have this as a win. Basically, I just I just feel like Aaron Rodgers, as good as he is, I feel like he needs uh, his um, being able to build chemistry with the offense is pretty big for him. I think it's going to take time. I think they're going to be a really big uh, second half of the year team. Might be some early struggles. I mean, I guess this is week six, so you're into the season a fair amount. But uh, I think this will be a tough game, but I have us edging it out. Okay. Yeah, I don't think it's an easy win by any means. It will be tough. Um, but Rodgers, as we've seen, you know, has been showing some kinks in the armor. We did play him last year, and then he got hurt with that defense. The, the thing is, our defense yeah, is so ferocious. Reed going to pick him off again. I mean, our That'd defense cool. is so ferocious. <laughs> it's not. It's just, if they stay healthy, it's just a historical defense yet again. Fair. But I have them at, what's that? You have us at 6-0. and oh. Yeah. I got this. Trevor and I got this at 5-1. and 5-1. and one. All right, next week. The Dolphins at home. This is the Sunday night game. Sunday night football. What do you guys got? This is my first L for the Eagles. I've got this as an L, too. I think I, that, so do I. I think <laughs> so that agree. We're, we're all in agreement there. I think that this really hinges on the fact it hinges on Tua's health. I think that if Tua... Because that offense... That's what I have in my notes. When I, yeah. Really when scary offense. Yeah, when, when two is healthy and can play, I mean, that offense is putting up 45 fucking points a game. Yeah. I mean, against any defense. doesn't matter who they are. Between Waddle and uh, Cheetah. Hill, yeah. It's yeah. brutal. And, you know, I just think that that team could be lethal. Then you also add on that defense, too. Jalen Ramsey now. And he's definitely lost a step. But at the same time, even if he's their second best cornerback, like, that's not a bad thing to have. I think that also the way I have the record shaken out, there's no way we go, you know, there's only two more weeks till the bye. We're not going undefeated before the bye. And I think that, you know, primetime game could be tough, but I think, that, I think that that's a loss right there. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, considering we're thin at safety, while Slay and Bradbury are great, they are a little on the older side, which I think yeah, Tyre- Miami has so much speed. Yeah, Tyreek Hill and Jalen I Waller think Tyreek Hill him. could, yeah. yeah. I mean, this is a game where he could like rack up 150 yards. I wouldn't Both. be surprised. Mm-hmm. And I think McDaniel's creativity could maybe exploit a little bit of the the youth we have in on the in the linebacker position. I think it's going to be a really tough game for our defense. They still have Mostert too as a running back, who's also fast. Yeah. Shit. So like, I see this as a, a really high. It's just speed yeah. everywhere you look. It's just yeah, really fast. I see this as a very high scoring game. I think Miami pulls it out. All right, so. Trevor and I got us what five and two. Pat, you got us six and one. Yep. Then we go into a rematch against the Commanders. Commanders in Washington. Cakewalk bounce back game for the Birds. It's a W. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think after losing, after losing to the Dolphins, they're going to be pissed. You have Washington. us losing two in a row. Yeah, so they're so going to be big real bounce pissed. Back game. Yeah. So yeah, I think Washington shouldn't be anything to write home about. Rack up that's, some that's sacks in that game. I think. Yeah. Yeah, not much there. It's just you know, Washington is an inferior team. Unless they show us otherwise, I, there's no way we split. There's only one team that I think that we split with in the NFL or in our division, 
and it won't be November 6th or 5th, I mean. We're going to win that first one before the bye week. So week Dallas. 9 against Dallas, yeah. you're calling the, I th- I'm calling that a win too. They have to see, they have to understand, and this is like shit that they build in between the Andy Reid era too, where like those two weeks around the bye week are pivotal for a playoff push. Yeah. And you know you have a nice week off after a pretty, not super easy schedule. I mean, these teams could all go off. Like Minnesota could be lethal. The Patriots with Bill Belichick week one, you never know what you're going to get. Tampa Bay could be tough, but it's a not the easiest schedule coming up, and we do have the hardest schedule in the NFL. I think that losing one week to Miami, you get that bounce back with Washington, back-to-back divisional games at home to go into the bye week, you got to get that. And that's a must-win W, which I think they, they do. Yeah, I think historically we split with the Cowboys the last yeah, four or five years. Every year, yeah, yeah. So. I would say just based on that alone, I feel like that that's, that's probably a win. Um, but in addition, I will say that, yeah, going into the bye week, you want to go into the bye on a strong note. Schedule gets really hard after the bye. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you got to bank these wins where you can, and I think they're going to come out really determined to get that win against Dallas week nine. Yeah, so we all have that as a win. Uh, then they have their bye week, and they come out of the bye week. Super Bowl rematch against the Kansas City Chiefs. At Arrowhead. And it's uh, Monday Night Football. Yeah. What are we thinking here? Also, Kansas City Chiefs are coming out of their yeah, body. that's Andy Reid out of the bye. Yeah, I don't like that. Saying. I don't like yep. that. Historically, Andy Reid, I think, I mean, we is saw like, in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Andy Reid yeah. after the bye, man. I think when he was at the Birds, I think he'd have... I, I don't know what the stat yeah, his is, record it's very efficient. Is something insane. I'm going to say we lose that game. I think it could be close. Um, the Super Bowl was also very close and, and heartbreaking as well, but... I just see that being a miserable loss to have to come home with. See, I almost took this as a win. I was really tempted to put this as a win. But I, what, what I'll say is that if the Chiefs were not coming out of a bye, that's what it, that's and what we were, yep. I would give us a win. Yeah. But Andy Reid out of a bye having two weeks to scheme. He'll be cooking Ugh. up some crazy ass shit. I don't like, I, I mean, I love Andy Reid when he's not playing against us. But when he's playing against us, you know, he's addicted to football and yeah. he'll, he'll find something and they're at home i mean that stadium's gonna be fucking rocking yeah i think chiefs will probably be like a five to six point favorite in that game and deservedly so and Easily. i don't think that will overcome that so that puts that has me trevor that's two. a loss for you that's a loss for me as well yeah for okay the, they're 82 the for said. me right now all right so next week we have the buffalo bills at home dub yeah, I've got this as a dub. We'll play a fraud-ish team. Not saying that the Bills are a bad team by any means, but I think that we kind of saw in that playoff game against the Bengals when things don't go well for them. They have a tendency to turtle up a little bit. Josh Allen aside, I think that guy's a monster. And, uh, yeah, that's a home game for us. Again, coming off a loss to the Chiefs, we're going to be pissed. We're going to be riled up. And I think that uh should be a tough game, but we win that one. I think that ever since Buffalo lost that phenomenal AFC Championship game against uh, KC when it was just going back and forth and back and forth, I think that that was the pivotal moment of like, damn, some guys on that team definitely still aren't right after that game. They thought they should have been in the Super Bowl, especially Buffalo as a franchise. Damn, you've been in the Super Bowl more than most teams ever have and still haven't won one. Like, that shit's brutal. And I think that, you know, love Buffalo as a team. I just don't think that they're as intimidating as they warrant 
you know, they needed, they warrant a certain amount of respect. But I think this def, it all, all these predictions I'm given is based off of the fact that our defense on paper right now is looking outstanding, and I don't see this team beating us up that much. They drafted a tight end in the first round, like, ooh, okay, cool, like. I'm not I mean, afraid of this team. You always have to be scared of Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, but I think outside of the two of them, Buffalo's offense doesn't scare me too much. No. Uh, I actually have this as a loss. Oh. Uh, I think this is going to be – this is like the low point of the season. This is the time where – This is when the we're WIP, the liquor. This is where the, the – yeah, this is the time of the season where the WIP callers are going off. They're all about to jump off the bridge. They're saying it's all over. Um, yeah, I just, I, in the back of my head, I'm kind of thinking that that Chiefs game is going to be so hard fought. I wouldn't be surprised if we pick up some kind of injury in that game. I could see that. Dragging into the Bills. Damn, you got to bring injuries into this? Uh, that's just like a out that's there, out of left field uh, prediction. But, um, yeah, I just think that somewhere, I mean, somewhere in this, in this like brutal stretch of games after the bye, I think there's definitely at least a couple losses in there. I think we get them out of the way with the Chiefs and the Bills. Um, yeah, I have the I have the Bills edging us out here. Okay, mm-hmm. fair point. I mean, I think it's realistic for sure. I mean, the Bills aren't a bad team. Yeah, but I guess- and I get to see maybe some of that secondary getting worn out against the Chiefs, needing more time to recover, and then Stephon Diggs comes in, has a big game, something like that. Okay, fair enough. Fair. And then we're still home. Next, we move on to Against the, the, 49ers. the Bills. If Fitch. the Bills were the fraud-ish team, this the 49ers ass. are the extremely fraudulent team. This is a blowout. We win. Has, I ain't scared of them. I think that the place, speaking from experience, at the link when teams piss people off, this place is going to be bonkers for San Fran. Yeah. And they're going to rip them apart. I hope Nick Sirianni pulls out all the tricks in the bag and does all weird shit and just fucks them up completely. I hate... I always liked San Fran as a franchise before. I loved them. I was like, man, this is a great team. Fuck this team yeah, now. No yeah. respect. They're a whole... They bitch and moan so much in the offseason, the they change the fucking been, quarterback I role. know. Unbelievable. Yeah, so now now they could have their uh, theoretical fifth-string quarterback come in. Right. And meanwhile, they totally would have won. Meanwhile, that, that Seattle playoff game, our quarterback got speared. Carson yeah. Wentz got taken out. Uh, McCown came McCown's in towards ACL. He still yeah. played. Didn't bitch. They went. They lost the game. They said, "Hey, good game out there," and they went on with their business. No big deal. They over here bitched and moaned because McCaffrey had. To be, don't even get me started with that fucking team. Yeah. That's a dub. Yeah. Fuck J- I hope Hargrave. Wish him the best of luck up until then. I hope he fucking rolls his ankle that game too. So I mean, <laughs> fuck that guy. You want to go run out there? I don't give a shit. Try chasing down Jalen Hurts and tear your ACL. I don't give a shit. <laughs> fuck San Fran. That's an easy dub. We won't see you in the playoffs because you won't even fucking sniff the playoffs. Damn, put, tell us how you're going to They're going to put Hargrave in a hard grave. Am I <laughs> right, fellas? Fuck that team. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a blow. That's, 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 uh, that's a win for I me. I want to see Trunt Williams get his fat bitch ass get kicked out again at the game so we can boo his ass walking out. It's only 425, so I'll be home in bed just in time to wake up in the morning to go to work again on Monday. Fuck Sam Fran. Hate that team. Yeah, it's one of the, the biggest. To me, there's two non-division games that I've circled. This is one of them. And I'm I think the whole team has. very excited to see us just destroy this fraud-ass team. I think that this is one that the whole Eagles team is probably like, thank God mm-hmm. we're playing them at home, too, because like we got the whole crowd rocking. Mm-hmm. I wish it was a prime time game. Maybe it could be a flex Could get flexed, one. yeah. Would love that. But, yeah, that team. And they have no quarterback. It'd be one thing yeah. if they had anybody, but like 
Yeah. This Brock is a 425 Purdy, game. This Brock is a, Purdy is going to be the Brock Purdy he was. That was some catch well, lightning in a bottle. he's still recovering from a torn UC. Or, yeah. My point, though, is he that, like... He had to get Tommy John surgery. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm he saying. He's not going to be the season. So you got Trey Lance. Yeah. You got who else is there? Come on. I'm not... Bitch-ass team. We're good. Yeah. So, yeah, we all got that as a decisive win. And then the next week, we travel to Dallas. Play our second game against the Cowboys, which you guys got. This is also Sunday night, prime time. So I already alluded to this when I said we always split in with Dallas. This is a loss. We haven't won in Dallas since the Super Bowl season, the first Super Bowl season, mm-hmm. 2017. And I don't see that changing. Dallas plays very well. Jerry World, man, all these con- t- con- weird kinds of crazy shit. Refs missing call, quote unquote, missing calls, things like that. It's it's a house of horrors. I wouldn't be surprised if we look pretty bad in that game. That's a loss for me as well. I mean, I had a winning before the bye against Dallas. And like you said, Avery, I mean, they historically split with Dallas. I don't think we've cleaned them up in a we, while. We swept them the Super Bowl season, but the yeah. second game was that 6 nothing game that was right. meaningless. Nobody was really playing. So I think that they, I think it's a close game, but I think that uh, it's a definite L. Yeah, I also have this as a loss. Just for the reasons you guys said. I mean, fuck Dallas. Would love, them. would yeah. love to beat them, but like, you know, I, just the name of the game. Yeah. So we move on to the Seahawks at Lumen Field in Seattle. What did you guys got? Pearl Harbor Day. Loss. Another one. Dude, we haven't won in Seattle since 2012. I looked it up. And I also think that Seattle's going to surprise people and be much better. Than anyone's giving them credit for. They got that nice receiver in the draft. Yeah, What's matching up with uh, DK Metcalf. Then you got, uh, is it Addison? They got Kenneth Walker, the running back. Mm-hmm. And then you got uh, Geno Smith still Geno Smith the ball. had a renaissance. Yeah. I don't think that that was just a blip on the radar. I think that some guys take a long time to realize their potential. Geno Smith happened to take 10 years. But, uh, yeah, I think that that's a loss. Um, you also can't sleep on that secondary. I mean, you it's had... A good, they're a good team. You had the runner-up for Defensive Rookie of the Year. Um, I mean, they, potentially two candidates for that on that defense. I mean, they have two young studs playing corner right now that were lighting it up. Um, and it's nice, I think, that a team with... Not that they have no expectation, but I think that there's a sense of scariness playing a team late in the season that has pretty much no expectation... No one's picking Seattle to go anywhere that far. Um, so I think that they're going to want to play upset for sure. I think they're a playoff team. I think that that's still a dub for us, so I'm not going to lie. I'm picking oh, up well, a win. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I actually I have them winning this game as well. This is the one I, I think I struggled with the most because I could, I could definitely see the Seahawks winning. I think they're a good team. I think they're going to be a good team. Um, I don't know. I think after losing to the Cowboys, I think it'll be amped up, to, amped up for this. Uh, I think we, I think we got this one out. Going to be a tough game. Rashad Penny has three rushing touchdowns. Yeah, Ru- yeah. Rashad Penny. Sh- That's the point. As long as, Penny a, as long as his leg is broken, and we got their defensive then. coordinator. That's a good point. Maybe I'm reading too much into no, history. No, I think that I think but... that that's true. I mean, this was for me a tough game to decide because Pete Carroll still to decide. <laughs> nah. Damn. <laughs> I mean, Who I think that the D coordinator. I think Pete Carroll is still a really good coach in the NFL. I think their offense is like a uh, kind of like pulling a rabbit out of a hat. You don't know what you're going to get. I mean, DK Metcalf torched us in the playoffs that year, uh, granted with Russell Wilson, but, you know, he's still DK Metcalf. You got help now for him. Lockett's still there. I mean, their yeah. offense could be decent, um, but I think we I think we pulled out. 
Okay. And then next week, Monday night. Or wait, no, this, oh, this is, is Monday. this is Christmas, baby. No, this is, yeah, okay, Monday day. Christmas day against the New York Giants. W. First time playing the Giants. Not until week uh, 16 or whatever. Uh, yeah, this is a win. I think Daniel Jones. At home on Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I think the crowd's We're not losing on yeah. Jesus' birthday, man. Yeah, we didn't lose on Christmas. <laughs> Daniel Jones wakes up with a nice fat piece of coal in his stocking. That's a, that's a dub for the birds. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think we really need to say a whole lot about that one. That's oh, a here, win. here comes the big one, man. And here's the one. This is the this game. This is the other non-division game I'm most excited uh, about. I, I, this, is, this is the game I have circled in the calendar, the one I'm looking forward to more than any game the whole year at home against the terrorist Jonathan Gannon's Arizona Cardinals. He said, I ain't leaving. See, man, so with this one, W, I will say that. You could tell Howie was pissed at Gannon for not focusing on the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Howie at some point said a bunch of things like, I can't even remember what he said, but his his mannerisms and his expressions as he was talking about losing pissed. that Super Bowl, you can tell he blames a lot of the defensive shortcomings directly yeah. on Jonathan Gannon. So I think this game in, we might have the division sewn up. We could have the number one seed sewn up by then. It's not going to matter. We're gonna play the starters. We're gonna win this game forty-eight to three. Yeah, yeah, this is a blowout. I think it's a big win. They're gonna be tanking. Big win. We're gonna to try to just stick it to them. Forty-eight to three. You heard it here first. Murray's yeah. a fraud. It's a win. It's a double. Mur- Murray this might is, just uh, be coming back from a yeah. torn ACL. Yeah. I'm I'm thinking uh, Marcus Mariota starts the second half of this game. I think it's gonna be one of those. I think he starts the second half in a lot of these games, to be honest with you. But I think Arizona is one of those games too. Fuck the Cardinals. Yeah, Fuck I mean, Gannon. The crowd's gonna. The be week before insane. that shit, he goes, "We're not leaving, man. I'm here. Whatever. Fuck They're his bitch need... ass, man." Oh, people yeah. are gonna be losing yeah. their John... minds, screaming at him. Yeah, Them. fucking fucking Joe Biden's gonna have to lend Gannon some of his Secret Service guys. Throw batteries on the field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it doesn't snow. Oh, that's also New Year's Eve. That crowd's going to be buck, man. Yeah, New Year's Eve at is, 1 o'clock, it? too, yeah. so you're going to have Damn, everybody there. Gonna be fired yeah. up. Damn. If it was yeah. an 8-20 game, maybe not, but 1 o'clock, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to so be So I think wild. that's the easy dub. And then, and then we end it with the Giants. Cap off the year, Giants at MetLife. I have this as a L because I think at this point, we're going to have... It may not mean anything. I think at this point, we're going to have the not only the division, but the potential number one seed locked up. And I think this is when Marcus Mariota gets his first start as a bird, and we get an L. But it'll mm-hmm. be a meaningless loss. Starters won't be playing that much. Maybe they get one quarter. Who knows? That's an L that I'm perfectly okay with, with, with giving up, given how I see the season going. I have it as a win, but if we get to the point that it doesn't mean anything... I could see us losing just because we aren't trying. Yeah, I mean, that's the only. I mean, I was, that's the only scenario in which we lose is if we just have it locked up by then and we're putting backups in. I'm not as confident that that's going to be the case. I, I'm much as I hate to say it, I'm a little bullish on the Cowboys. I think they're the second best team in the NFC. Um, this could end up being an important game, so I'm going to put that down as a win. That's whether the second best, not the first best. No, no, I think I do, I do think they're better than the Niners. Fuck yeah. Uh, yeah. What? We can make a team better than the Niners right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, I mean, my, I guess we, I guess we can get, maybe, uh, we don't Do want to get into playoffs. Well, what's our record looking right now? What? The only thing I'll say about the playoffs, I think that this might finally be the year where we get a 
Eagles Cowboys NFC Championship game. See, I have that being the divisional round. I guess it depends on yeah. I guess it depends on how the seeding. So, shakes what's out, your record right now? Sit. I there. have us at twelve and five in the number one seed. I was at thirteen and four, number one. Yeah, I, I was, think it twelve was, wins gets it for you. Thirteen most yeah. likely, or twelve and twelve wins most likely gets it. Thirteen definitely gets either number one. Yeah, I mean, I think as long as we end up with a better record than the the Cowboys, I think we have it. And while their their uh, schedule is a little bit easier, it's not really that different. They pretty much instead of the Chiefs, they play the Chargers. And instead of the Bucks, they play the Lions. Which I think, honestly, though, is a Lions better are team better, than Lions the Lions are a better team. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. The I mean, Lions are some good. dumb stuff with the draft. Obviously, the I mean, they Chiefs don't are a tougher team than shit. the Chargers. But the Chargers are a fucking good team, too. Yeah. Like, I mean, as much as, even though they, they fucking blew that game. They're the, the ones playoffs. that got Addison, I think. The Chargers. They have a good receiving court now built up. A lot of big guys. Or no, they got the guy from TCU. Some big-ass dude receiver from TCU they got. So... Rager. I like I like the Chargers. Yeah, I was say, when I hear a receiver from TCU, fuck I just that. Rager. No, Mm-mm. but I think that yeah, Dallas could be, the NFC really. You're gonna get some washed up fucking yeah. joke of a I mean, team. The only reason why NFC. our schedule is that much harder is because we play a lot more AFC teams this year. Right. Also, and we get Dallas a first twice. place schedule. Too. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. just the way. And it you're is. playing two playoff teams twice a year. I mean, the Giants made the playoffs, so you play them twice. Yeah. You play Dallas twice, and you play Minnesota. That's a playoff team. That's five playoff games. You know, five games that you're playing against playoff teams already. KC, that's six. Buffalo, San Fran, eight. I mean, come on now. But I think that we can't... This division doesn't scare me. The The schedule doesn't really frighten me at all. I think that we have a lot of good home That middle games. section of the schedule is tough, though. Yeah. But that one brutal stretch. I'm glad, though, that we have that back-to-back home game stretch, though. If we had to do, like, KC away, Buffalo home, San Fran away, because sometimes we get fucked up that way with the schedule. And I'm also glad that we end it with the Giants twice, because sometimes they try to put Washington, New York, and Dallas at the end. Yeah, that's And that's ass. fucking yeah. brutal. But I think having New York and Arizona at home, pff, come on now. That game at the end of the year that's already labeled TBD against the Giants is going to mean nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. At, it should mean nothing. If we have to play the Giants at the end of the year away to make it meaning to make it a playoff meaningful game, then we shouldn't be in the playoffs. True. Yeah. Well, there you have it, folks. The Eagles, they're winning the division. They're getting the one seed. We're going back, baby. <laughs> I do Bird have. Gang. If we want to talk about playoffs, I do have us getting a first round bye, beating Dallas in the divisional round, beating Seattle Ooh. in the NFC Championship game. I'm high on Seattle. Spicy. And then us versus the Bengals in Super Bowl 58. I was unsure of who to pick, so I'll just pick the Eagles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, if it's a but, coin toss. Yeah, that, that's where I'm at right now. I know on April 30th, Pat said we're going to the Super Bowl, so I know he feels the same way. Fuck yeah. And uh, we'll see what happens. I have no reason to believe they won't do it. Bird yeah, gang, baby. Fuck San Fran. Fuck the Cowboys. Yep. Go birds, baby. So we got maybe a couple minutes. Is there anything else we wanted to Yeah, we got to recap the, the old Italian market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. So uh, mainly what we wanted to talk about was Pat and I, we, were, we witnessed this on Sunday, Trevor. I know you and I were there Saturday. We didn't. By the time we walked through the pole climbing area, I don't really think anyone was climbing the pole. But Pat and I walked through there 
prime time, man. Two o'clock, oh, yeah. prime Sunday cold, afternoon, cold prime bright and sunny, mm-hmm. sun beating down, the grease was hot, <sighs> the people were staring, the people were watching, and we saw these guys, man, a bunch of just chunky meatballs, All man. the meatballs were out, baby. Just all huddled around to the bottom of the pole and just trying to stand on each other to get to the top, right? <laughs> Yeah, well, I guess that's how you do it. Nobody really, like, just climbs up there. It's, you kind of just, they stack on each other. But, like, you got It's like have, a cheerleading squad. You got to have yeah, some strategy Yeah, but this is like a South Philly cheerleader. This, they, there's no organization. To yeah, just, yeah. It was yeah. just dudes climbing on top of dudes. You ever try to stack dudes. four meatballs on top of each other? It never works out. They always fall down. In, <laughs> they just roll off of each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah the my, two, the, my <laughs> one, the one dude, this one guy, larger, greasy man... Covered like wearing a white wife beater, and the white wife beater was turning brown because it was so covered mm. in grease. Because he kept trying to get up the pole and kept sliding off. And he wasn't the man you want at the top of the pole. Nah, he was a he's big a base. Dude. He's he a base a big, player. Beefy yeah. looking man, right? Yeah, you gotta plan that better. So then me and Pat were thinking, how could us, like the three of us plus <laughs> our group of friends, we could totally arrange a group that could pyramid style. Most of the way up, and then Pat would just climb to the top because he's saying. the lightest. You shot put me yeah. up. The bait. See, yeah, you gotta start heavy and then work your way up from there. The right? foundation of these guys was always weak. They only had like two guys at max at the base. Already fucking up. This pole's like thirty feet tall. Just sheer size of guys, you need at least four or five guys to be stacked up on each other. If you want to get up there efficiently, grab this fucking meat or cheese, whatever the fuck you get. I'm thinking you do like four guys at the base. You need to have a good, solid base. Then you go three, two, one. Shot put me up to the top. We're good to go. Call it a day. Easy. Yeah. That's yeah. all it is. I think the one funny thing, too, we're watching this pole. We're watching these guys like grab onto this greasy-ass pole and just fail miserably. One of the things I think that everybody has to get an experience of seeing is watching these little Italian families at the Italian market walking oh, this there. this is funny, man. This chick's in a full-grade <laughs> full jumpsuit. Husband or partner is somewhere off in the background. Their little kids running around the crowd trying to get a closer seat. All we hear is her turn around. She's like, hey, little Anthony's trying to run to the front. I'll be right back. <laughs> if you don't see that happen, you're not really at the Italian fest because, like, that was quintessential. Like, holy shit. Yeah, that was extremely was South Philly, man. Nowhere oh to be God. seen. This kid was already up in the front. She was like, fuck, I lost a little Anthony running around. Oh, my God. I was like, I'm, this made my day. I don't even care if someone gets to meet or not right now. Yes, but, it Needless to say, no one even got close. Hell but no. We feel as though between the three of us, we'd get it. John. They're probably listening. John produced one episode, our first episode. Nick, the cute guy that did our logo. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else did we say? We'll get Trevor. You're nice and tall. Yep. Steve. Steve, we yeah. know your lanky ass is listening. Mm-hmm. We'd get you in there. Dean, um, probably Dean, could use Dean. Yeah, Dean, we know you're listening. Mm-hmm. You're skinny. Yeah, we you could get... put you near the top and throw yeah. you up there. I think Pat Shit, Morgan. Man. I need Pat Morgan. He's a good base. Yeah, Pat Morgan's a big dude. He's we a know base. you're listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, between all of us, man, all those dudes. Next year, the we're most training. of the way I up mean, that thirty foot yeah. pole. The real challenge for us is if we could all pass the breathalyzer that they right. make you take before they make you take what? 
Did you hear that? You're going to be someone, sober? Someone told us that. Oh, I'm not doing um, that sober. Just someone like that, we us, got disqualified. Yeah, so, oh, no. <laughs> no. I didn't hear about that. Someone on, I, I forget who it was that told us this. They said, like, if when you go to do it, they make you take a breathalyzer to make sure you're not, you're not like, shit-faced because they don't want you, like, falling over and cracking your head on the pavement. Well, they need to put some mats on the floor. Yeah, there really is problem. no... Well, they said we <laughs> they could... They should do that anyway. They didn't say we couldn't smoke weed, though, so we could at least go a little high then. They can't breathalyze you're, that. Yeah, you can't. True. Then yeah. we get more creative you could, you with could, that shit. Yeah, you could, uh, you could take LSD. Yeah. And then... They're not, so they're just don't drink. I have a hard time believing you can't drink a little couple of glass of red wine. Yeah, for you could probably have a drink or two. They yeah. probably yeah, just there's probably, sure I mean, it might, it might not be the uh, you know the driving limit. It might be a little... Uh, higher I mean, I think we gotta go in there, kind of not super sober, but like we yeah, do need to be kind of efficient. Sober, you, you can't. Need, you just, need those you beer be, muscles. You just can't man. be like 0. 0.5. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can't be like ah, oh, I gotta climb the <laughs> yeah. pole. You can't be like that was uh, the bottle one, of Everclear drunk. That was one thing we did worry about. We we're like, are there fucking mats on this shit? Because like, if you fall, I'm not. I, especially if I it's, get up on the top yeah. top, man, I, I don't know. How it definitely seems balance. like something where there would be horrific injuries, but you never really hear about it. You never see him get that high. Yeah, that's probably why we don't hear about injuries. People usually very people that are that fucked up probably don't make it high yeah. enough to get hurt. Yeah, that pole is high as shit. I will say. But hey, man, like we said, the pyramid style, the scheme we mm-hmm. came up with, that puts us two thirds of the way up there. That just gives you ten feet. You got to get. You could do that. Hoist me up. I'm good to go. Yeah, we'll get it done. So there you have it, folks. We'll see you guys at the festival next year. Yeah, yeah. that's the yeah. That's be the on the lookout for the citywide pod up there right climbing there. the pole. Damn, we'll have yeah. t-shirts by then while we'll we wearing our shirt. I, yeah, yeah, we'll be official. <laughs> yeah, now I feel like we're going to have to. Yeah, no one, <laughs> no one remember this episode. But <laughs> I don't want anyone calling us on this. This is episode 11, May 24th, 2023. Next year when the Italian Market Festival is approaching, please listen to this episode and hold us to this extremely dumb idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if, you, and if you, you want to remind us of that, you can send us an email at citywide citywidepod at gmail.com citywidepod at gmail.com send us some questions comments whatever you want uh also leave a review give us five stars leave a review you know i know you're listening right now just open your phone whatever put a little review and it doesn't need to be anything crazy it could just say uh good pod it could say uh you know i was uh, contemplating jumping off the bridge until I listened to this, and now I've I've finally rediscovered the beauty of life. <laughs> mm-hmm. It could say something like, uh, you know, this podcast saved my marriage, and oh, I, uh, I would be shocked. Our sex life has never marriages. been better. Thank you guys Hell so yeah. much. Move, move <laughs> Just over, something simple like move that. Move over, Luther Vandross. We got a new something simple, <laughs> yeah, something easy. <laughs> All right, but I guess that's just about gonna do it for us. For all of us here at the Citywide, good morning, good afternoon, good night. Peace. Go Birds.